thank y'all so much for tuning in to take a seat today's episode will be with Wykel once again yes indeed ladies and gentlemen <laughs> We'll be, we'll be talking about my experience this time yes, growing I up in today. Mississippi. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, take I got it away. I today, okay. <laughs> um, oftentimes, in the media, you know, on social media, or, or even just people just not knowing or just being ignorant, they have things to say about Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know, me myself, I told you last time I was there. The only thing I knew about Mississippi was the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And this was like never a place I thought like I'd come mm-hmm. and like enjoy. So with that being the case, <laughs> what was your experience like growing up in Mississippi? Life growing up in Mississippi. Well, I'll start when I was, you know, young. I was born and raised in Jackson. It was an experience where of course when you're young your your parents your family tries to make it the best life possible right and that was my experience growing up in mississippi it was shaped around um, a lot of my mom making sure that i had everything that i needed and to be more specific anything that i wanted to do as far as like sports what sports you play oh (sighs) okay so i was a baller in middle school um (laughs) i ran track i ran cross country okay um all american (laughs) hey i was really good i was really good i actually went to the junior olympics um (laughs) it was the 800 meter uh dash uh am i missing oh i was in the band um yep i played the flute (laughs) let's see what else Am I missing a sport? I think that's pretty much it. I was in a lot of extracurricular activities. So, like I said, anything that I, I wanted to do, my family always supported me in that. Right. And that was really my upbringing in Mississippi as far as I know a lot of times people think that in Mississippi you only know how to do one thing. Or What's you that? Because I told you how they feel about Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. we either going to die, go to jail, sell drugs, or play basketball. People just not starting to rap in like the last eight years, but that's how they feel about our place. So, a lot of people think that Mississippi is is very stagnant and okay. very slow. Very slow, very okay. slow. You know, like they think we are living in eighteen hundreds. Matter of fact, I'll give you an example of the 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 stereotypes that I faced, um, especially when. You ready? <laughs> um, it's kind of it's quite disturbing actually but I was at a track meet once and this was during the summer you know before you you get on the line you're kind of grouped up with your race so we were all grouped up having small talk conversation they asked me where I was from and I told them Mississippi so keep in mind I'm in Louisiana um I think this it was Shreveport Louisiana um (laughs) and so one of the girls um she asked me where I was from I told her Mississippi and um she was like so is it true that y'all have uh, cows in y'all front yard and y'all got dirt roads? And I was like, <laughs> no. I said, wait, what? Like, and at that time, I was so like. Befuddled. Yes. I Like, I gave her the, the stankiest face. Not the stinkiest. The stankiest, the stankiest face. Like she had two seconds. Because go. I'm like, girl, you're from Louisiana. But it's not even, no, I'm saying, like, we're neighbors. Right. So my thing is, 
the fact that we're so close, you know, in proximity with Louisiana and the fact that she had that stereotype, I can only imagine people further away, people further away. And that was so disturbing for me because it's like people really think this way about Mississippi. Mississippi. And they ain't never been. They probably ain't never been. No. I mean, I could I could um, definitely see where you coming from. From that standpoint, like, people just feel like when you go outside Chicago, it's just, you know, bullets flying, like, just, you know, just randomly. And yeah. To a certain, I mean, you know, it is, you know, gun violence is heavy in the city, but it's not like to the extent that people think it mm-hmm. is. So, I can relate. And I always look at people, not with the stank face. <laughs> I, I try to give them a face that, like, your mother give you when you, like, misbehaving in public it's like mm-hmm. you know when i see you when we get home it's gonna be a real issue so hopefully they'll just you know disperse that was like a moment that i experienced firsthand knowing that how people can think about you and not know you and i, I was you. yeah you know it's um it's um, very unfortunate like that you know and like even to this day like the outlook like people would judge you not off of how you treat them or how you treat others or how like you behave, but they'll judge you off like a stigma from mm-hmm. the media. And that's mm-hmm. why I say, you know, as journalists, it's our responsibility to make sure that we, you know, push forward with the truth because I remember being a kid um, hearing about the article um, about the Portland Jailblazers. It was the um, Portland Trailblazers team. It was in uh, Sports Illustrated, but I had, you know... Um, Revisited the article as a teenager for a project, and no player on the team ever been to jail. So it's like mm-hmm. the media give you like this outlook and its perception, and if you know you just simple minded enough to run with it, it can like you know damage a lot of people and like they they mentality. Yeah, definitely. Aloma, growing up growing up in Mississippi, and you know people have some misconception. Have you ever experienced um, blatant racism? as a young woman of color in Mississippi. Now, there are moments where I felt something was racist. Now, to that person, I don't know if that's just their norm, but, and maybe it was the lack of mannerism, but the way in which it happened, it was like a... (laughs) I wish y'all could see her face. I wish y'all could see her face. Did you really just do that? So, um, I worked at a popcorn shop. There are plenty of times people, you know, would come in and, you know, uh, smile and all that stuff. But in this partic- on this particular day, um, it was a, a long line of people. And so by the time this um, lady came up to me, um, I made her popcorn, gave her popcorn, and she paid the money. But she put it on the counter and she, sl- she slid it my way. And this was way before COVID when everybody was acting yes. all careful. Okay. Oh, yeah. Th- okay. I mean, this was in 2017. Oh, so this was barely 30 months ago, 30-something months ago. <laughs> this wasn't that long ago, people. Yeah, so to me, that was disrespectful. And I had my hand out. I was ready to go home because you're not about to do that. No. Have you ever seen the um the Malcolm X movie that Spike Lee made in the 90s? Mm-mm. Okay, um, it's a scene in the movie when Malcolm X worked the trains, and he was like the um the porter for the food on the um train, and the um the white man had like did something like disrespectful to him, and he had like a little flash in his head, 
where he like took the ham sandwich and like stuffed it in his face. <laughs> so you 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 asking me? At, <laughs> did you feel like that? Did I feel like that? Um, I didn't feel like that because the person that I am, I'm careful with my reactions to things. I'm always respectful. Right. Um, and so anything that brings me out of char- character, you know, I I don't I don't do. So it was one of those moments where I really just had to like talk about her in my head. Right. But still get it. Right. Okay, um And it was really tough. It was really that's tough, Joaquin. Like, because I had my hand out and she slid it. Don't do that. Cause it's like, see, and you know, maybe it's me. I know I'm, you know, a little fried sometimes. But it's 2020. At that time, 2017, that is not, you know, that long ago. It's 2020. I'm not even just talking about white people. People in general. This is something I want y'all to know. If y'all still walking around being racist, like it's the Jim Crow era or all this stuff. If y'all still walking around with that mentality, you got to be ashamed of yourself. We is in 2020. You should not judge a person off the color of their skin solely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only by how they treat you, mm-hmm. how they treat others, how they treat people that's ill, how they treat people that's rich. You got, you know, some people that want to treat people based on what they can do for them. So mm-hmm. they'll treat the, I say, the CEO of the company with the utmost respect, but right. they'll walk past the janitor like he don't mm-hmm. even exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to get out of that mentality and... The reason I had, you know, asked you that question because my first time experiencing like racist act similar to that was when I was here. Oh wow. And at a um restaurant and like the man was like uh, holding the door for his family to like unleave out and then like when we got up to the door, he like closed it. Mm. And like in my mind he said I would never in my life hold a door for a black man, mm-hmm. you know. You bring up like your character and being self-disciplined. Mm-hmm. So, what has you know growing up in Mississippi? How has it impacted and shaped your character as a young woman? I think as a as a not I think I know as a black woman, yeah. it has definitely molded me coming from being from Mississippi and living in Mississippi because, like you said, like we've been talking about, Mississippi has this misconception of you know not producing enough talent or or not. Uh, being good enough or, or, or being last and everything. All of those misconceptions and stereotypes and all of the, the noise really, it actually motivates me. Like, it's like my fuel. In those moments where people think a girl from Mississippi can't succeed because X, Y, and Z, or because they're last in this, or because, like I said, they don't produce en- enough talent or whatever the case may be, those are... Those are the things that motivate me. And then, too, my family and my support system has definitely, truly molded me. Okay. Like, if it wasn't for them, like, if it wasn't for my upbringing, if it wasn't for the encouragement, the support, um, talking in front of people, my church family, like, they have really poured so much into me and... I think that's what I love about being being a Mississippi girl because mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's that love, it's that that family oriented environment right. because though people outside 
may talk all the noise. It's like the people here. They know what time it is. They they know what what's up. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like a it's a respect. It's a love thing. And when I'm around that, that's how I feed off of it. Well, that's how I operate in a sense. Yeah. Because like that's something I had to get used to when I was here. Like it, even like me y'all like the newspaper stuff and stuff. Like I ain't never had no group of people that I didn't know prior like embrace me like that so yeah it kind of took me aback like the hospita- hospitality state and yeah. I truly I truly don't get me wrong we have had some some bad moments right but it's the hospitality for me for me <laughs> and I and I kid you not the hospitality is that comfort that you get when you finish a great meal and it's so it's it's really difficult to understand how it's not the same for everybody. It's definitely not. You know, I'm telling you. Like, for example, for you, you know, y'all aren't used to being nice. And it's, it ain't even just being nice. It's just like <laughs> I could be like on my way, you know, somewhere, you know, get lost. And, you know, I can ask a person for directions here. And I don't feel like. They trying to send me off uh, back home in Chicago. It's just small things like you don't know nobody. You don't look at them like y'all be y'all be face boxing with people, <laughs> staring at them. You know, sparking right. up random conversations. Yeah, like, hey, asking yeah. them how they doing. Man, listen, I don't know you. I don't talk to you. You know, stay out of my way. I'm gonna stay out your way. And if it's a problem, you know, let it be known. It's that mentality why Mm-mm. people, you know, it's like. How like we say like the racist encounters because people don't even take the time to even get to know nobody because everybody's so caught up in their own life and what they got going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so. um, and like I said, um, yeah, my my family, my church family, friends, teachers, all of them are really the reason why you know I am who I am. You know, because if it wasn't for their love, if it wasn't for their support, if it wasn't for their encouragement, if it wasn't for them. Um, you know, providing me with the opportunities to um, have different experiences, I wouldn't be seeing a Hope Reeves. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I wouldn't be that. And, you know, my mom, she did such an extraordinary job of being not only a mother, but uh, a teacher. She has so many roles. She has so many hats alone um, as a woman. And so for her to take each of her children and like teach them step by step and you know though we may not take heed to that advice at first mm-hmm. i can say that because of her guidance i'm i'm successful you know what i'm saying I, and i know that i'll continue yeah. to be successful because well i've been under her by your side mm-hmm. by your side yeah so you know you know i'm uh, speaking about having like a good uh sturdy foundation and um, mm-hmm. corn growing up at what point in your life did you start to believe, like, I can actually be something in life? And when I say be something in life, as you know, some kids, like, when they grow up, they want to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, um, be a teacher. Mm-hmm. They want to be a fireman. So at what point in your life that you knew, like, okay, I can actually be something in life? Um, the moment when I was born. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I, I would say something similar. Oh um, my, that was something I actually never had to just really contemplate on. 
yeah contemplate or worry about oh wow because it was always it was always there it was always it was always there i mean from waking up in the morning to my mom getting me dressed and you know telling me how beautiful i am and you know looking at me in the mirror and we're acting like we're taking pictures and stuff like that and so she's just like just she always provided and you know not only she not only provided um you know materialistic things but she provided you know intellect yeah mental and um yeah yeah and so that was nothing that i had ever had to question but um i think as i got older it was always what do i want to be okay you know um what do i want to tap into because like i told you when i tell you (laughs) when i tell you they supported me in everything there was a moment where (laughs) it's gonna be really funny but well uh, there's a couple of moments i'm gonna tell you one of them come on i used to like like crunk dance or whatever right oh hold on wait <laughs> well not necessarily crunk dance no they call it dubstep Dub and i used step. to make dubstep okay. videos all the time i really wish i had it on my phone so i could show you but i'm so glad it's gone we can't dig that up <laughs> i don't think so Lord, but i used to dubstep and um my brother used to do that i'm so glad i didn't put it out on the internet because they supported me in that too like they were, they were like, like laughing huh I think on TMZ would like that footage. They might need that for a story. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a time I used to dubstep, right? And then um, there was also a time where... Explain to the people out there what dubstepping is. I don't think they know. Dubstep is like this electronic music, you know, and you just kind of like, you know, <laughs> like robotic. move your... Yeah, move your, your body in a robotic way. And uh, you just kind of like feel the beat. Because I'm... I'm I love music and I love uh, beats and things like that. I, oh my gosh! Speaking of beats, I used to rap. Like, Ooh, oh stop, my gosh! Stop! I, stop! Stop! I have, I have so many. We are learning so much today, ladies yes. and gentlemen. It's crazy because I had like three songs. Well, not three songs. Three, three. You know, rap songs that I um that I wrote and um. Would you like to spit some bars for the people at home that's listening? <laughs> Okay, it's the uh, Kanye West um, song "Stronger." That's the beat. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. A woman of many talents, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen. She's a I'm trying. I'm trying to get into the uh, rhythm. Sprint. Okay, yeah. Work it. People told me I can do a lot of things. I knew it was wrong. It was up to me. I'm just trying to collect the spotlight on me. Had low self-esteem, but now I'm confident. Big pictures came out and everything. You only got one life, so I'm trying to live it right. Yellow, that's true enough because I don't need no stupid stuff. I'm trying to live right. My life can end in minutes, seconds. No foolishness. Get the picture, no stupid. And that's how I like it. It's, it was wild. Like, I really wish that you can hear the, the song because I, I lost it. But, um, and they would ride around in the car and play it. <laughs> also, you know, basically what she's saying is not only was she uh, like a four-time All-American athlete, you know, she ran the popcorn um, spot. Oh, my gosh. My kill. She played every sport. She rapped, danced. Yeah. Yeah, man. And also in eighth grade, um, my my teacher she we had a homework assignment where, uh, we had to, uh, draw what what we wanted to be when we got older. <laughs> and in my I, mind, you put um. What do what do you, what do you think? I, somebody. What do you think I, I put? I think you put like. 
a young lady who danced and rap. So I want to say like Missy Elliott. <laughs> um, who else was like out at that time? Uh, probably the Cheetah Girls, <laughs> Raven. Like you no. put like you know like something like somebody like that in my mind. Look, you're you're you're, you're not even close. Queen you want to know what I what I said? You want to know? In my mind, I got some. <laughs> listen, I don't want to sit on this L. It might be a little too extreme. I said an astronaut. You know that ain't even far fetched. Like you know, at this point, you didn't play every I, sport, all that. You might well. And the be reason being was because I just thought it was cool to draw, and my family to this day they still talk about how I drew that. Like it was. I mean, I was also an artist. Hey, listen. Um, talk heavy. I, I, talk I, heavy. I, I can't draw, you know, anymore. That's, that's they don't paint gone, pictures. But... They trace you. <laughs> we ain't gonna say listen. We ain't even gonna start. But talking yeah, like I that. drew an Come astronaut on. and all that, and so um, I just drew it because it was it was cool to draw. Okay. And so they still talk about talk about me to this day about remember when you wanted to be an astronaut. But yeah, but okay. so that's that's like, and that to I'm I'm saying all this stuff because. Like I said, my family supported me in anything that I wanted right. to do. Which is a blessing. And, yeah, it's it's a blessing. And, and when I look back on them, I'm like, wow. Just like the other day, I text the family group chat. And I said, you know, now I'm, my, my brother, he, he's playing basketball, so I'm able to go to some of his games. And it, it's really nostalgic for me. Do because, they ask for pictures when you go to this game? Huh? Do they ask for pics of you, like, when you go to this game? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my man, like, people just take random selfies. You know? No, okay. look, not yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but, um, so, yeah, I was I was at his game the other day. We, you know, we, I played in middle school as well, the same middle school. And um, he starts, plays, does a, a great job. And so, um, after the game, I text in a group chat. I said, Thank y'all so much for supporting me when I was bench warming. I said, y'all, y'all the real ones. So you had the parent that was there, <laughs> like threatening the coach, like put her in, y'all left fifty, and then you get in with ten no, seconds left. No, it, it wasn't even that, Waikil. It was me. Okay. It was me. Okay. Um, I just, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it anymore, and that's another thing. If I don't feel it, I'm not gonna continue on with it. So that's why I didn't. Okay. So you know, like we're saying that, cause. I can, you know, also relate to that, you know, I myself was a, you know, future NBA talent, I would like to say. Um, this is all, this is all documented. This is all, this is all documented. You can, you can Google mm-hmm. my name, mm-hmm. YouTube my name. But anyway, after I stopped playing basketball, I, I stopped enjoying playing basketball, mm-hmm. like you just said. I didn't even want to play it no more. Mm-hmm. So with that, and you know, you always saying like you had the support of your family. What is your definition of success? It's actually been changing for me lately. I'm not even going to lie to you. I used to think success was about what job you have, mm-hmm. how much money you make. I used to think it was those things. Material things. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying that I'm a materialistic person. But you got but, taste. But the idea, the idea of having a you know a good life was up to... But as I, I'm now in my profession, you know... I'll have you again. <laughs> And I'm still young. And so what I've realized is that um, success isn't materials. It's not money. It's not clothes. It's not cars. But it's really success to me is doing, being happy with what you have and doing the best that you can in the moment, always. I think that's success. And no matter how it may look, you know, on the outside, 
I think if you have a whole heart and if you truly try your best, I, I think that's success because that's all you can do. You know, success isn't, it's not measurable. Right. You know, it's not something that, oh, if I if I do this, then I'll be successful. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I do this, if I commit to this job, I'll be successful or something like that. No, if you commit to hard work, you'll be successful. You know, if you commit to bettering yourself, you'll be successful. The things that um, people can't take away from you, the things that can't leave you when everything else is, is gone, I think that's success. That's what um, on the brother O.J. Simpson, he had like one of the most famous trials in American history. Yes, we all but, know. Um, I, was, um, I was listening to an interview with him back in the day as a young man, and he said um, when he had like called his case and everything, mm-hmm. That like y'all can take all these trophies, take all these accolades, but y'all can't take who I am as a man. Yeah. Cause it's already inside of me. So yeah. I kind of like correlate to like what you just said. Like you can't like measure success. Mm-hmm. Cause okay, if I got all the money, all the jewelry, all like yeah. the okay, so once all that's gone, then what? Mm-hmm. Am who I still are successful? you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So why I ask you that question is because a lot of people out here who are you know living their life through the standards of a subculture known as social media, mm-hmm. they might be, you know, a little confused about what success is and mm-hmm. actually how to obtain success. And they may already be successful. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, you know, you are a person that's thriving to actually be something worth mentioning, you're on the road to success, even if you ain't gotten there yet. Yeah, and and, and not only that, but you have to answer to yourself first. Yeah. So uh, I think when you answer to yourself, when you're comfortable with who you are, then you're really there. That's what success is. That's that's what it is. You know, it's that plus more, you know, loving yourself and owning who you are without any validation from outside sources. Ooh, that's so important. That's so important. Like, I can't, because if I let you put a... A, uh, label or a value on me, mm-hmm. you may devalue me. Mm-hmm. So just because you say, "Well, I'm gonna pay you twenty dollars an hour," that part I might not be worth. I might be worth fifty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. But if I let you tell me I'm worth twenty an hour, then I just you know devalue myself. So yeah, that's real important. And I want everybody out there to you know take heed to that. You don't need validation from outside entities, other people. Yeah, gotta have it from within first. And and your bank account does not make you. Your bank account doesn't make you. Hey, listen, you could pay for school, but you can't buy class. Come on. You know, I Come on. I, I don't even want to start talking too heavy because we've been talking <laughs> real, we've been talking just, real just, heavy all day. I just wanted day. to put that out there because, you know, some people are. I learned early at a young age, a fool and his money will soon depart. No matter how much money you got, if you don't have the knowledge and understand what to do with it and what not to do with mm-hmm. it. It's only going to be so long. Mm-hmm. I see it every day with people who are deemed as famous and people who are not deemed as famous because they, you know, they just, you know, lack the knowledge. So mm-hmm. Along with that, you know, loving yourself, being yourself. As a um, young journalist in this business, you know, this year um, the world was struck mm-hmm. with um, COVID-19 and it, like, really put the whole world on a standstill you know it's a global pandemic everybody's out here going crazy um what's something that you learn about yourself 
during this pandemic? That I'm not the expectations of other people and that I have to live on my own exactly. expectations. I have to live whoever I want to be. That's what I have to become. So in order to do that, I have to take those strides to, to accomplish that. And um, that's exactly, <laughs> that's, I know that's a, a lot in a nutshell, um, but that's exactly what the pandemic has taught me. Yes, the pandemic, you know, some people say 2020 has been the worst year of their life and they in a rush to get to 2021, but like it's a long time before 2021 come here. So if you still got life on this earth. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. You need to enjoy it, cherish it, and try to do something, you know, um, worth mentioning with it. It's also mindset. When I learned that I wouldn't walk across the stage for graduation, um, I was really, really heartbroken about that, you know, because I felt like I worked my butt off and I wouldn't get recognized for it. But it was after my family held the um, drive through graduation where I realized that. Yes, we seen it on TV. <laughs> we seen it on TV. <laughs> we all seen it. Anyway, um, um, so it was it was that that taught me that it's not always about the circumstance, but it's about what you make it. What you make it. That's also what is um what I've learned during this time, and um, like I said, just becoming more of who I am because it's a new leaf for me. Simply because I'm now in my profession with. A lot of other people. It's not, you know, college life anymore where you're just kind of going to class and doing this and that. Now it's like hustle and bustle. And it's like um, you have to stand out some way, somehow. But, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's with anything. Um, life in general. Yeah, that's with life in general. And so I just have to remind myself that whatever I put my mind to, you know, do it whatever I want to do. Do it whatever ideas that are that sparks in me, do that, and just continue to go forward. Right. And that's all I can do. Yes, that's indeed. all I can do. On a much um, lighter note, um, you mentioned how not having a commencement ceremony uh, impacted you, you know, as a result of the pandemic. Um, as a graduate of one of the most illustrious colleges and institutions, the on this earth the, look when they hear the they don't even have to say what college you already know i got it all over my chest and in my head jackson the, state, i love jackson state university as a graduate of jackson state university um has also been a part of the student hall of fame <laughs> that's all in the student center you know how important is it to promote and educate people on hbcus it's really crucial because um, Jackson State provided so many opportunities for me, far beyond what I believe I could have received if I went to any any other school. Any other school, um, and I say that because when I went to Jackson State, I was very oblivious to what to different type of people. Okay, though you know I'm, I'm still at home. It was still different because it was like a, a diaspora of people coming from different parts of everywhere, yeah. everywhere. And then not the country. Yes, yes. And so um, that alone, I'm not even going to lie, it was like a... 
Oof. Like a whoa. <laughs> I'm like, wow, all these people are gathering here at Jackson State. Like, I have to learn these people, blah, blah, all that. So when coming to Jackson State, that's it was like a new, it was a new world. You know, it was a new world for me. <laughs> it's a new world for me. Um, and so, but it was an important shift because that's also what made me who I am as well. A lot of my foundation comes from my family, but, you know, Jackson State instilled in me this confidence. Yeah. Anybody that I came in contact with, it was like a, how can I help you get better? Yeah, and that was so foreign to me when I got there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, before I got there, you know, you had a few people like that, but it was more like, okay, I got to establish degrees of separation between me and them. Mm -hmm. So it's more like, I got to get it for you. It's more like a competition. Yeah. You know, Jackson State is more like um, inclusive. Like, we want to help everybody be good so that way y'all can represent our school when mm -hmm. y'all leave here in, you know, the best way. Yeah, so, and it's, um, they saw me. Oh, no. The, the, we see your picture in the, uh, uh, in the student center. <laughs> no, but I truly mean that they, they saw me. Yeah. Not just my skin color, but it's like, they saw something inside of me that I didn't know that was there. And it's like, that's who I'm I'm learning about now. And so if I went to a PWI or maybe another HBCU, I don't think it would have been the same. And I think what helped me was that I was still here in in an area where I was comfortable. comfortable. Because I think sometimes we have to have comfort in order to spread our wings. But in order to fly, we have to be confident in ourselves. Before we close out, what is the moment in your life, whether it was in school, high school, college, grammar school, career-wise, that you believe defines you as a person? Like if people want to know, that's Sienna. What is, what is that one moment in your life that you believe defines you as a person? Ooh. Because, you know, like, for some people, it's like an accomplishment. Or it's like a time in their life when they was being tested and they persevered. Mm -hmm. I feel like that make people. But, you know, everybody's is different. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a moment for me, I could say it's probably three moments. But, like, I believe, like, a defining moment in my life thus far, because we not done. Mm -hmm, right. We're not done. Right. But a defining moment in my life thus far was um, at my um, junior college um, graduation when I um, received my associates. My whole family was there from um, my grandmothers on both sides, my father, my mother, and uh, my auntie. And they looked at me and said, you the first person from both sides to ever do this. Like, I ain't never seen, like... My father be emotional, but it was that day I seen it in his eyes. Like, that was something he didn't get a chance to do. That's something my mother didn't get a chance to do. That's something my grandmother didn't get a chance to do. So, like, I feel like me earning my associate, because people try to downplay junior college and associate degree. Mm -hmm. Oh, they don't matter. But I feel like that moment right there, because it's a lot of hard work and sacrifice that came behind oh, that yeah. day oh, yeah. to find me. So, mm -hmm. what's a moment that you believe defined you? I actually have a lot of defining moments. Um, every day for me is a defining moment. But the most defining moment actually was an accomplishment 
a recent accomplishment, actually. It was graduating summa cum laude of my class. Talk heavy. And it was being the student marshal as well of uh, my class um, in college. College for me was, um, it was very, very, very difficult. Like, although it was momentous, it was still difficult for for me because, you know, I, I went through some things and um, it was moments where I would, I would there, there were moments where I would literally cry every day or every weekend or something like that my sophomore year because, number one, I didn't think that I could do the assignments. Oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I would get easily overwhelmed. I didn't know what I want to do with my life. I mean, it seemed like everybody knew what they wanted to do. It was just really hard. I didn't know who I was. Like, and at the time, I was I would cry all the time to my to my ex boyfriend. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I am, and it's just really hard. And you know, he would kind of like get me out of that space where I would just stay in. And, um, you know, till, st- still to this day, I look back and I and I realize, like, wow, that was me at one point. Look at me and now. And now look at me now. Talk heavy. And so along with that whole, you know, trying to figure myself out, knowing what I want to do in life, and I still don't know, but those were defining moments because it allowed me to tap into myself even more, to know that I graduated summa cum laude of my class, along with those internal battles that I was facing. You were bad mama. Hey. Ooh. My grandfather used to tell me, adversity not only shows you who you are, but what you are. Mm-hmm. There's no tree the wind hasn't blown over. Mm-hmm. So it's all about how you're going to perform and operate on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be moments like that. That's why I asked you the question that people need to hear and see because everybody may, you know, perceive you as, you know, like the hope. I, I probably have it all together. The hope. Mm-hmm. This because you, you probably got a good poker face like me. I got a great poker face. Mm-hmm. My game face always on because mm-hmm. I can't be vulnerable while I'm out and about. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you used to cry all the time inside, but it never probably showed on your Mm-mm. mask when you was outside. Never. So, that's very never, important, you know, ladies and never, gentlemen. Never, never showed, that. In, and it, it, it was because I knew I had a mission. Yeah. Like, I, I came there with a mission, and I knew I was not about to let anything stop me. Nothing. And there were there were times where, like, my family, they, they'd probably be like, yeah, you're going to get a 4.0 uh, this semester, yeah, too. Already, you're going to get a 4.0 this semester. going through it. <laughs> and you I was like, wait. <laughs> It's all type like, of things like, going wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. Like, y'all really think I could do it again? And then I ain't even going to lie to you. Over time, I mean, like, probably like my my, my junior year, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to graduate. Easy work. <laughs> Easy work. Because I, I got through the the most difficult yeah, time. That wall. And so I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. And then, I mean, I would get nervous towards the end, but I was like, wow, I really did it. And, um, I know I'm taking a long time to kind of, you know, talk about, give you the exact answer, but I just remember being in high school and feeling like I was in honors English. I took honors English, and I just talk remember, heavy. I remember being in high school and feeling like I wasn't as smart as them. People didn't see me, or 
Um, you just weren't doing enough. I wasn't doing enough. Yeah, like I, I remember feeling like that so many times. And to say that I graduated with a 4.0, summa cum laude, all that, I was like, wow. You said what? Excuse me. Hey, you know, hope, hope. Talk heavy. Hope you can. You can you do can. it. You can. And so anybody that's that's listening, know that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Know that you can do anything you set your mind to. If you have a goal, achieve it. There's no reason why you why you can't do it. Hey, it ain't promise it's possible. <laughs> it's not impossible. I'm possible. Hey, listen, we're gonna have to start copywriting these sayings because I don't I don't want to see no t shirt popping up with all this <laughs> all this lingo I'm dropping off on y'all. And uh, you know, last question to end it off. If you had 24 hours to live. How would you spend your day? What would you do? You want the you want the true answer. You know. Okay, so okay, question, question. Okay, question. Because oh, I don't want I, the Oprah Winfrey show answer. Do Do I know that it's my last? Yes, you only, you know like clock starts now. You got twenty four hours to live. What would you do? Who would you go see? Like, you only got twenty four hours left, but you know you got twenty four hours left. You know. This is a take a this is a take a seat podcast exclusive. I would probably if I could I would get all all of my family and and friends together in in one place and eat Kool-Aid pickles. No. Okay. Cause I, I would tell them thank you. And I appreciate I would just ask for so many hugs. <laughs> and I would tell them <laughs> I would tell them I'm going to be just fine because you know why? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> okay, Sienna, I appreciate that um, BT on Lifetime no, it's exclusive true. answer. It's true. It's true. I would do that. And I believe. I believe that would be like the first 45 minutes of your day. I mean, 24 hours. I'm talking about 24 hours. Yes, I you got 24. That. Okay. Let me, you know, be a little more uh, in depth with this question. You have 24 hours to do whatever you want to do. Unlimited funds, unlimited access to whatever, whoever, whenever. You have 24 hours of this. How would you spend your day then? I would spend it with the people that I love. And I would also probably invest um, from... Yeah, invest, invest in, in invest in stock, invest in. Oh, okay, so you want to set everybody up for? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Cause I can't take it. Ladies so. and gentlemen, this has been a more than pleasant conversation. <laughs> you know, with the great. This is the longest episode. Sienna Reeves, Hope or Hope Reeves. Sienna Hope Reeves. Sienna Lord Hope Jesus. Reeves. Excuse me. Please get it right. Sienna Hope Reeves. Sienna Hope Reeves. This has been a great episode and a great opportunity i appreciate you for having me to you know get the people your story because i feel like people should you know kind of not like uh, see themselves and other people Mm -hmm. but people should have like someone okay if she did it and she went through this and she come from here then i can do it whether it's from mississippi um alabama no matter where you're from it don't matter where you're from it's about where you at and where you headed definitely but uh, put some respect on Mississippi. Yes. Stop playing. Yes. They changed the flag, ladies and gentlemen. It's-
progressive. <laughs> I'll see y'all on the next episode of Take a Seat. In the meantime, be blessed, y'all. <laughs>